We are still in Lent, a time where we have an attitude adjustment that we review for ourselves and from God how we're doing spiritually. That's a 40-day process. Some people say it's all the way 40 days from Ash Wednesday till uh, Good Friday. And some others say every Sunday is a mini Easter. So can we do mini Easter today? Is that okay with you? And once you hear the scriptures, you're going to think I'm totally nuts. But that's okay. It's true. So this morning I'm going to read to you Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. And I implore you not to doze off because it's 14 verses. Will you do that? You got it? The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a very many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones, and I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I was here. As I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath. From the four winds come and breathe and keep these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says, My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up out from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle in you in your land. Settle you in your land. Then you will know that the Lord has spoken, the Lord, that the Lord has spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. So, you're thinking, is this a joke? Dry bones to this group? Anybody got dry bones this morning? I look at there's a few young ones around me and I don't get what that's about. We do, don't we? So you're thinking that. I can't believe he's talking about that today. But he's talking about us in this scripture. He's talking about us as individuals and us as a church. 
all of us in here. First, it starts off, it's about a God who loves us. We serve a mighty God. Do you know that? We serve a God whose name is Sovereign Lord. He reigns over everything. He is almighty. He is righteous. He is pure. He is holy. And His name is majesty and authority. God is above us all. This is the same God who sent Moses to Egypt at the age of 80. So I've got a few years to look forward to that. This is the same God who gave Abraham and Sarah a son named Isaac when Abraham was 100 and she was 90. Can you imagine them explaining that to Medicare? This is the same God who after He created the first man from dust that came from the ground, breathed the breath of life into that man. He's still in the business of breathing the breath of life into each one of us. He has not finished yet. So the story is about hope. It is a hope for now and a hope for not yet. Do you get those two concepts? Right now we're now, and out there somewhere is not yet. Jesus told us that God was interested in every bit of us. It's a little bit hidden in what he said in Matthew 22, 37, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He responded, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So, in case you missed it, what does God have interest in us? All your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That's what He cares about in us. God is a God who redeems, who brings things back to Himself. And as we become imperfect, God is ready to make us perfect. That is what He wants to do in each and every one of us. So, He's interested in renewing every bit of us, not just one part, not just one part that functions, but all the parts of us that are affected. So, after a discussion I've had this morning, I've already written this down, but it says this, if you have broken a toe, anybody? You know the little toe? The reason for it is to make sure your furniture is in the right place. <laughs> And some of you know what I'm talking about. So if you break that little toe, your, to your total focus is on that little toe, right? So all of a sudden, your body becomes the focus. Your mind and your soul become secondary, right? That's what we are. We're kind of trying to get mind, body, and soul. God wants all three acting at the same time in the same way. And when he comes to breathe his breath of life into us, he's saying, I want all of you. I heard it recently said, God doesn't want custody just on the weekends. He wants us all week. In Titus 3, verse 4 through 5, it says, But when the kindness and love of our God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Spirit. This is an inside-out job. God is inside of us 
working to renew us and give us rebirth to become the people that He wants us to be. So when we stand before Him, He says, you have become what I've asked you to become. Now believe it or not, God's in the business of making each one of us pure, holy, and righteous. Christ on the cross justifies. The resurrection begins to purify us through sanctification. It's kind of maybe a new word to you, but God is at work in us right now. I've said here before that in the beginning God simply said a word and there was life all over the place that He had created. You can find that in Genesis 1. And then in the New Testament we find that He spoke again, but He spoke through His Son. His Son became the Word with a capital W. Not only was He the messenger, He was the message. He said simply, if you want to see God, the Father, look at me. This is what I do. This is what I say. This is my attitude toward people. And I get it directly from the Father. Isaiah explained the work of His Word this way. In Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So this morning, we sang about the Word of God. The Word of God that created. The Word of God that came and gave Himself as a sacrifice on the cross. That same Word is alive and well in you right now. That Word that whispers to you. That Word that tries to lead you. That Word that calls you to come closer to God. King David wrote about this uh, in the now part of our lives. In Psalm 55, 10 through 12, David wrote this. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence and take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I want you to go way back. If you at some point realized that Christ was your Savior, did you want to tell everybody? I had the joy of watching people experience that for the first time and they just, like, I want to just go tell everybody. What about you? Did you have joy at the moment that you received Christ in your life and accepted Him as Lord and Savior? Those are two words that I keep seeing in the Bible all over. Lord and Savior. So there's a, a message that I kept saying in dry bones. I kept thinking it was the Word of the Lord. Because if you read over and over again, you find the Word of the Lord has come to me. And as I read that, the Word of the Lord came to me, but it wasn't the Word of the Lord, it was hope. How much hope do you have today? I look at us and think of dry bones and think, how much the doctors down here are making out of all of us? We do have dry bones, not only physically, 
Sometimes it's mental. Sometimes it's spiritual. Our bones get dry. So, yes, as I thought about this sermon today, I did a couple of things. One of them was, and I don't know, Dr. Cook, if this ever happens to you, but as I prepared this sermon, I had it this way, and all of a sudden it went, whoop! That's where it went today for me. The first thing I did is I became very clear that I needed to pray for every one of you. Now you may think, I didn't get to you. Yes, I did. Because I stood out here and watched you come in. If I didn't get you before this week, I got you as you came in. I pray for you that the word of the Lord might come to you this morning and say to you what you need to hear. You know, all of us sitting here have different needs. We've come from different backgrounds, we're different people, we live different life. And God says, yes, I know. I've got you. So the word of the Lord, do you hear it today? Do you hear it in your mind, your body, and your soul? Because that's what He wants to speak to. So that fits into the now. As we struggle with these things, each day of life that we have, that's the now. Because in Psalm 55, 22, this is written, Cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never forget. He will never let the righteous fall. Just as God saw the misery of His children in Egypt, He sees our misery. He sees our joy. He sees our grief. He sees all the things that are happening to us. And we try to take it on our own. How does that work for you? God says, bring all that stuff to me and put it right here. You're not alone. Then there becomes the not yet. One of the scriptures that tells us about not yet is in 1 Corinthians 15. It says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash and the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Someday, when that trumpet sounds, we're all going to be changed. And you go, well, how? What's that going to look like, right? I remember working with teenagers once and we read that God is going to give us a heavenly body and they all went, ooh. Here's what Philippians 3, 20 through 21 says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies, listen, so that they will be like his glorious body. How do you like that? You ever wonder what age you're going to be in heaven? You care. Just as long as you're there. So part of what happened to me this, this week is as I studied and pondered and as I do so much, just obsessed over a sermon, I have a vision. A vision for this church. And a vision just for you, individually. The Lord says, Bill, you've got to say this out loud. And I kept going, uh-uh. Please don't let me do this. And He said, I've got a vision for you. For Lakeside Presbyterian Church. And this is the message that I have to give you this morning. And the vision 
we finally figured out we're not just a bunch of old retirees, but that we're actually missionaries. We're missionaries to Lakeside. There are people who need to know the hope of the good news. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Now, you think we don't have a mission field here? What do you see when you're driving back and forth to church? Are there folks who could use this good news? When you go eat, are there folks all around you that can stand this good news? Yes, there are. So we need to actually embrace that idea and do something about it that we're missionaries here. As Sunday approaches, I have a vision that we have a sense of anticipation that we'll meet the living God here as we gather here. What we will come to realize is that, that God's been with us all week and when we come, we don't come to meet Him, we bring Him with us. And that we share the God that is in us with each other. So when you see each other standing out here holding your coffee cup, what I want you to see is not just a body, but I want you to see a soul in search of God. And to relate, let the soul that is in search of God in you reach out to that one. It's a whole different deal when you see people as souls in need of God. In the vision, I see a people who are hungry to hear God's word in Bible study, in song, in scripture reading, in the sermon, and as we just talk to each other. We actually thirst and hunger to know what God's word is for us. We take an interest in that. I just see us as a people who can't get enough of God's word coming to us and leading us in our everyday lives. I see standing room only. Can you imagine that? You look around and there's people who have been waiting outside for us to open the door and they want to come in here to find out what's going on. And it's standing room only. We don't have enough chairs. All of us gentlemen stand up. <laughs> and let the ladies sit down. And you think, he has gone totally crazy. No. No. This is something that can happen right here in this place. It's because Jesus is so attractive that if we share him, people want to come find out about him. I hear us singing on Sunday morning with such spirit that we don't have to turn the fans on, they do it themselves. <laughs> you were almost there this morning. But it's a release of God's Spirit as we sing. They're going now. Did y'all do that? <laughs> do you have a picture of what I'm telling you? And what I see in this vision is our faces reflect the glory of the Lord. We know we're not perfect, but we know we're redeemed. And we can say to the Lord, I am your redeemed. Let me reflect out to this community and out to each other the glory that you have on us. One of the terms I've learned over my life is this term. Outward and visible signs of an inward and invisible grace. I tell you, it's an inside out job. When we get in touch with God who's reading His Word, we sing about it, we pray to Him, it comes out of us. And we have this glow that people look at. 
We'll be just like Elijah and Elisha. When Elijah was about to go up to heaven, he says to Elijah, what would you like? What do you want from me? And he basically says, I want two times of your spirit. I want a double dose. My hope for each one of us is we live such a life and get connected to God so much that people around us go, I don't know what you've got, but I, I want two times of that. That's what I hope. So what, we're, what I read to you were symptoms. The sign that I saw, the vision I saw, were just sim simply symptoms of something outside that grows inside you because God loves you so much and you begin to understand that. Do you remember hearing this? Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, young folks, we need to look and find out what the Word of the Lord says so we can say yes. Yes. When I was in the sixth grade, I lived in a tiny town up in the Texas Panhandle and went to a church that was not that big. And we were driving home and I lived out on a huge ranch. But there was this one space where on Sundays we came up this hill and my dad stopped and we, had, we got a Sunday newspaper delivered to us in the boonies. My dad stopped and got the newspaper and he turned around and looked back at our hometown and it kind of went down like this. He looked down there. It smoke was coming up. I don't know how he knew, but my dad said, our church is on fire. We drove another half a mile to home and he looked at me and he said, son, change clothes. We're going back. So we didn't eat lunch. He and I changed clothes. We drove back to town. Sure enough, our church was just totally engulfed in, in fire. So it was a loss. But what I remember as a sixth grader in that tiny little town, everybody had come to see the fire. They all stood there and watched our church burn. In fact, I remember, if, if, if it's not wrong, that our water tower went dry. We ran out of water. So I don't know if you got the message that if you in this church will catch fire for the Lord, people are going to come watch. They want to see what's burning. They want to see why you're on fire. So I'm going to do something this morning that we don't normally do. Where I grew up, where Wayne grew up, we had these things called invitations. You get me one today. If you are willing to take that one step forward to let the Word of the Lord begin to move in you, I want you to put your hand down here on your right leg. And all you need to do is say to the Lord, yes, just move that one finger. That's all you have to do. I want to be part of this. I want the Lord to, put me in, to set me on fire. Okay, let's pray. Father, Your Word has come to us today and Your Word says, I will breathe my breath into You and give You life. Then You have said to us, look around You people. There are other people who need this breath in them.
And you ask us this morning to be willing to be those people, to be missionaries and ambassadors for your kingdom right here in this place. Thank you, Lord, for sending your word in the Old Testament and the New Testament in your Son. And in this place, so we can sing loud because of your love for us. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.